Well, good afternoon and thank you once again for joining me for Business, The Law and You. Julian Campbell here and we've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program we'll be having a look at one of our Harvard Business View tips. This particular one is keep experimenting with different leadership styles. We're also going to have our chat with uh, Christina and we're going to be looking at those second couple of Ds that we were talking about over the last week, disruptive and dematerialisation in your business. But right now we're going to have a chat with Chat Shuttleworth, who's an SEO expert, on talking about uh, using search engine optimizations effectively. Good afternoon, Chad. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you, mate? I'm very well. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you very much for having us. So, so what is the purpose of search engine optimization, or more commonly known SEO? Um, SEO is basically uh, the way to promote your website. Your website's a business card online. The, the thing about business cards, you hand them out to people. The problem is, is people need to find your website, and SEO is they do that. That's what it does. It does the job on on site to uh, to get you higher in Google and um, get you seen by other people. Um, Searching, searching your business. Now, something like ninety-six uh, percent of people use Google. Do people yep. usually look for a business after page one on Google? Uh, uh, from personal experience, and from uh, from just a little anecdote from my wife. My wife uh, and I, when we go out to restaurants, she never ever looks. She, we she only ever sees the menu first online. So she'll actually search the the, the restaurant we're going to and have a look on there. But she has to search that. Ninety-two percent of all online experiences start with a search engine, uh, and actually 75% of, of all people don't go past the first page. So that's three out of four people don't even go from the, um, past the first page. So SEO is very vital for a website to be promoted up in, in Google and be found online, which is what we all want to be done uh, is to be found online. Um, so, yeah. So we're getting close to the end of the year. What, what yeah. are two trends to focus on moving into 2019? Well, it, the thing is about uh, about the the, uh, the business market at the moment and 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 people coming into the market, um, individual communication. So communicating with uh, with people directly. Um, the biggest thing is we for, for generations since we've had spoken words, since we've had businesses, um, advertising has been a, a glow, like a, a, a group. We're being advertising to a, a group. Now it's more of a, a touchy-feely, much more of an engaging on a personal level. So uh, individual communication, like things on, like on Facebook and, and um, on Google specifically, if you're able to communicate and open a dialogue with your customer, um, that's the best, one of the best ways. The second one is making micro-moments. So if you've got like an event coming up or if you've got something happening um, that is, is engaging, it's something that's different to what other people around you, your competitors are doing, the best thing you can do is is show that and and sh maybe even with a video or a blog or something like that and and shoot that present it and shoot it back to your business so that your website is seen and it's building that traffic that SEO constantly is the biggest so the, the individual communication and micro moments are the biggest thing for 2019. So so those trends uh, I know it, uh, Facebook are saying they're really mm. giving a lot of credence now to that to and fro communication. Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 if you can, the thing is, is um, storefronts and and brick and mortar shops aren't as prevalent today. They're still around, but the thing is, is is the way that you build your brand up these days uh, is definitely via video. So, greatest example is is um, big like Coca Cola. They have 
experiences rather than uh, rather than just telling you what you should drink. So that's what you want to do. You want to create a a, a, community, a community around your brand, and by building that, you're building your brand. You're building the, and you're getting a stronger base, and you're getting more loyalty that way too. So, so we've talked about the importance of uh, Google and getting on the first page. What is the biggest factor that affects a website's Google ranking? Well, I, the thing is about Google, and, and they have they use an algorithm, and so it's constantly evolving. But there is 200 points that they've just sort of released, and they've and they've uh, released a big list of it. Two of them, we went down. The, my, my team and I have went down and had a look. Um, and the two things that stick out to us is mobile-friendly websites and, and focus on unique website content. So the first one is mobile-friendly websites. Um, if you, as I said, we said before, if 97% of people are using Google to go online, if they're going to go from Google to your website, you don't want to have buttons everywhere, them have to slide everything to move stuff, pictures in the way. You want to have a beautiful, slick experience on your website and and so having mobile friendliness means people are going to stay on your website for longer and they're going to click on the things they're going to it's going to be a pleasure to be on your website rather than sort of a thing that you could they they have to navigate to get to your product the other thing is focusing on unique content um it's it's plagiarism is a big thing you don't want to plagiarize yourself so uh google loves unique content because it makes your website extremely relevant and it makes it uh, appear and, and be something that Google wants. Websites with a lot of copy that is the same, so you've copied from page to page. Uh, now, small amounts, like three to four sentences are the same, like you contact us a uh, bit at the bottom or your, your call to action at the, bit of, uh, at the bottom of your website is fine, but if it's any more than sort of three or four sentences, then Google starts to go, hang on, this is the same, this is the same. And so uh, the crawler goes throughout your website, and so by having unique website content, uh, and unique from everyone else around you as well. Um, you, Google is going to make that uh, make your website go up in the ranks and and hit that page number one, which is which is the point and the only thing you want to do for SEO for sure. And talking about that content, I suppose in the descriptions that we have on each page, we're better off having a different description on each page. Otherwise, Google thinks they're all the same. Uh, the metadata is very important because yeah, it's it's the it's the quick read for. Um, for Google and Google, the thing is, it is an algorithm is as fast as the thing it's, it's reading. But um, if your page is easy to load and it loads well, um, that's also a, another big, a big point. But yeah, mobile-friendly websites, I would, I would suggest if you go into your website and you're looking at it and it's, it's not doing the thing you want to do, or it's some things are getting hidden where they should be hidden, I'd be talking to the person that's um, the building a website. And if, if your content, if you're constantly putting content out there that's that's quality that's good people want to read it google's going to have no trouble with putting you up there and just and promoting you so so number of hits that you're getting on your page is that another thing that google measures um it does measure that uh it, it but it, what it does is it goes against your your keywords so okay. if you're say say you're a, a bakery in maitland um then what what people are going to be searching of is obviously maitland bakery or something like that so you want to make sure that you're ranking high in that so in, uh, in Google, there's AdWords, uh, and there's actually a keyword planner. Make sure you go in there, have a look where you're sitting. Uh, make sure you're aiming for things that people are actually searching for. Because as I said, Google is a, is a popularity content, uh, contest, and you want to be uh, the number one, obviously. So make sure you're hitting the right marks and hitting the right keywords. So two simple wins a business owner can have for today. Okay. If 
you have ever searched your website and you don't have uh, your name come up first at the top or you don't have one of those beautiful little boxes to the, to the side or to the top of your, um, your Google listing, number, number one thing you need to do right now if you get on, on Google is go on and register your Google My Business listing. Get on there and put your business on there because what that does is it, make, it, it actually prioritizes your business and says, my website's actually a business website. And okay. Google really loves that because um, obviously they want to promote uh, businesses that are, are, are sticking out there. They want to also promote businesses that are relevant. Relevance is the biggest thing that um, we, it's a massive uh, phrase in our industry is that you need to, to register this so you're relevant. And Google just goes, okay, cool. And then Google will make sure that it keeps going back to your website to see that unique content. It keeps going back and seeing those numbers and and. All of that is a snowball effect. The other thing is if you've got past customers that love your business, that love what you do, get them to just ask them if they'd go, go ahead and review you on Google because, one, people are going to go on and check you, check it out. They can also um, – Google loves reviews as well. So if you have anything that interacts with your website and your listing is a big, big deal. So, yeah, uh, mobile-friendly website focused on unique content register Google My Business and ask past clients to um, to review you. Well, thanks for your time today, Chad. We'll have a chat thanks. with you another time. Thank you so much, mate. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Bye. Chad Shuttleworth there with some tips for us for uh, making sure that... Uh, our, well, our website's on page one. Time to pop over and have our chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you? I'm very well. And we're going to talk about the next two Ds, uh, disruptive and dematerialisation. We are. So just to reiterate the, the six Ds, we had digitised and deceptive that we spoke about last week. Today we're going to talk about disruptive and dematerialised. Next week we'll talk about demonetise and democratise. So disruptive, um, we've all been uh, aware of lots of different industries that have been disrupted by um, new technologies. So, for example, you know, LinkedIn disrupted the way CVs and the role of HR companies um, go about their business, if you like. Disruptive has been the Airbnbs and the Ubers, and we'll go into that in a little bit more detail in a minute. Um, what I'd like to point out, too, is that this has been happening at a faster rate as more and more people move into cities. So this is the first time, I believe, in history where we've had more than 50% of populations living in urbanised um, areas living in mm. cities in close proximity, and um, to to take Matt Ridley's um, the to uh, the title of one of his talks, "When Ideas Have Sex," which is a really good um, YouTube uh, clip if anybody wants to to go online and have a listen to it. What we've had with the internet and with things like that is we've been able to connect people so that people can share ideas. People living in an urbanised um, or you know urbanised areas have now been able to to connect share ideas, grow ideas with each other. Uh, with the internet, you know, very shortly, I think the, the figures are that we're going to have 5 billion people connected on, on the internet. What that's done for, um, you know, crowdfunding, open sourcing, problem-solving platforms has been quite incredible. So getting back to disruptive, disruptive, it feels rapid, but it's actually been sitting on that exponential curve for quite some time. We talked about, um, you know, in the beginning, it, it's just the doubling of digits. If we go through Moore's Law and the transistor, uh, effects. It's kind of going from one to two to four to eight. All of a sudden, that we feel it's disruptive when it gets to increasing. Yeah, when it you know when the increase is is too big to ignore, and then what happens is at that point. 
things start to dematerialize. So what that means is that we no longer carry around the physical, the tangible goods that were once, you know, that we once had to. For example, a GPS or a camera or a flashlight or the blood pressure monitor or, you know, counting physically how many steps you did, etc. All these things now have dematerialized into an app on a smartphone. And if we go back and use Uber, for example, you can book an Uber from your app. You can see what it's going to cost you. You can track the driver. You can sign up as a driver. You can lease a car. You can be the driver. You know, all these different things now that can happen um, on the app. And the interesting figures around what dematerialization actually does for a company, um, if we go to, if you know, if we use kind of the valuations around Uber, and don't forget, it's really hard sometimes to remember that Uber only you know, arose in around 2009. Mm. Um, in 2016, it was worth about $17 billion. It's now valued at $68 billion. So the exponential growth, the disruption, the dematerialization has actually increased the bottom line. So, and, and it's remarkable in the, you know, the cliche that we often hear, they're the biggest owners or, or the, you know, they don't actually own a vehicle. So they've converted private automobiles basically into taxis but they have no assets and they really don't have a workforce to speak of. So all of this happens in the dematerialisation stage. The disruption kind of takes us a little bit by surprise, even though it shouldn't, um, and it will, it'll take us less and less by surprise as, as this keeps happening more. Other organisations like WeWork, you know, Google's the other one. Google doesn't actually own a web page and yet it's worth, you know, $400 billion plus yeah, as a company. Yeah. So all these things... Um, around the dematerialisation, what happens when we don't have that physical, tangible product. Well, as you say, Google uh, crept up slowly but then suddenly took over the world. Um, what we have to do, I think, in, in our businesses is be very mindful of that disruption that, as it's starting to happen before it's too late. Yeah, and, the, you know, you can start setting up things to, to not sort of disrupt-proof yourself, but you can start setting up... Um, ways that you can become one of the, if not disruptors, leaders in your field. And it, it's even things like having, you know, access to information. We have so much information. We are an information-based economy now. Um, what information can you enable as a business? So all these businesses, if you like, have, enable, have been information enablers. Airbnb enabled the information of where rooms were available for mm. lease, for rent, whatever, through an app. We work, another one, you know. So... so it's almost like the dematerialization of the workplace. It's mm. now valued at $20 billion. Um, but what, what has that done? How has that happened? We have all this information. How can your business in particular share information, enable information for you to be one of the leaders in the disruption? And it doesn't mean that you're going to go on to be a billion-dollar company, but it means that you will survive going forward. Mm, great. Well, thanks for your time again, Christina. We'll look at the last two days next week. We will indeed. Have uh, a great week. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina there with those disruptive and dematerialisation and of course it does have an effect on most of our businesses. Time for one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one is keep experimenting with different leadership styles. To grow as a leader you must dive into projects and activities, interact with different kinds of people, experiment with new ways of getting things done and try out various leadership styles. Most learning involves some form of imitation and understanding that nothing is original. So stop viewing authenticity as intrinsic state. It's really an ability to take elements you have learned from other styles and, be and behaviours and make them your own. 
but don't copy just one person's leadership style. Tap many diverse role models. There's a big difference between totally imitating someone and borrowing selectively from various people to create, modify and improve your own leadership style. It's okay to be inconsistent from one day to the next. That's not being fake. It's how you figure out what's right for new challenges and circumstances. So some interesting little comments there. So just a reminder that uh, October is Small Business Month and there are quite a lot of uh, activities taking place around the area. There's, uh, there's certainly some in Lake Macquarie, in Newcastle, in Maitland, in Singleton. So uh, there, there's quite a few free activities. So keep in mind to uh, what's happening in Small Business Month. And of course, just a reminder that if you are thinking of starting a business, there is the new Enterprise Incentive Scheme or NICE scheme that is uh, a free program um, giving you training and, mot- and uh, mentoring for your business. Uh, and if you're interested, if you are looking for work and thinking of starting your own business, um, www.huntervalleyhub.com.au, you can find out more information there. Well, thank you for being with me for the half past half hour. hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at uh, the importance of search engine optimization in your business and the effect of disruptive and dematerialization to your business. In a moment, Jane Klein will be with you with more of your easy listening favorites. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, social media uh, and using social media effectively in your business with Gillian Maxlow. We'll have our minute on innovation with Christina and those final two Ds and, of course, some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, The Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Earl Nightingale once said, we become what we think about. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.